Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Matt and I are going to talk about a few bits and pieces that are coming um, coming up. I've got some yep. uh, laudable things that I've seen on the socials. Yes. Um, and then we have the uh, the redoubtable, the fabulous mm. Hilary McNevin yes. of uh, Turnip Media. Mm. Um, and we are going to be talking about uh, Hospo Hour that's coming up. I saw a bit about Hospo Hour on my Instagram feed, and I went, oh, what's that? Yeah. And well, we're going to learn more. We are going to learn more about that. This is looking forward to uh, a future where we interact together. Yes, and I guess we're learning, uh, hopefully, over the next seven days, what shape that future will be in the short term. I think we were all obviously that the next stage for hospitality was close to opening, so it was similar to the mid-lockdown period. But that now looks like it may not happen from next week. Slightly so, curtailed, and then we'll we'll find out about that next yeah. week because no doubt our fearless leader, Comrade Dunn, <laughs> will will front up to another press conference. Yes. This will be his 107th, I think it'll be, by next week. You know, it's such a state of flux for the hospitality industry. You know, to say, do you, what do you do? Do you order food? Do you not order food? Do you prepare for opening? It is the most challenging time that I think the industry's ever faced, certainly in our lifetimes. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And it's been incredible just seeing how um, this industry, hospitality, has just turned up again and keeps going to work and doing things. It's pretty incredible, and organizing isn't it? deliveries. Yes. Um, and just – I'm trying not to use the P word um, – diversifying <laughs> the yes. offering. There you go. <laughs> Having a go at, at not saying the, the P word. Um, and I have to say that this budget mm. that has just been brought down from high from – the mountain in Canberra. Yes. I think it's, gonna, it's not much for hospitality. No. There's not much for tourism. No, um, that's true. I didn't spot that, but you're right. There's, there's not much. Um, I have my worries and, hey, I've got a radio show so I can say these things. <laughs> we have a radio show. We can say these things, yeah. Matt. It is such a, a predictable uh, response from a centre-right government to say it's all about the markets, the markets will look after everything because mm. the markets are God um, and trickle-down economics is still good. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to give you all these things to – we're going to give you tax – uh, uh, we're, we're going to give you tax deductions for those that are wealthy if you yes. earn less than $90,000. <laughs> Sorry. You're not getting a tax cut. Um, but my biggest thing that I have to say, and I hope well, I'm going to say it anyway, mm. is the fact one of the things we've been hearing about so much mm. is with this industry is deferred rents. Yes. So they're going to be going into this in a deficit. 
in the red. Yes. Right? Cause I, cause in I, the red. Is it fair? I mean, I don't know the exact figures, but if you own, well, any small business, but obviously restaurants or bars or cafes, rent is probably around a quarter to a third of your overall expenditure. Probably somewhere around that. It's huge, right? And person after person on this show has said one of the biggest things is deferred rents. Yes. That have been happening. So therefore, there's not going to be money that's going to be spent on new plant, new equipment, and things like that, because there won't be the money to do it. No, you've got to pay down the debt. So you can't, you know, order that nice new deep fryer and then write it off. You've got to deal with the rent. So it's, it's going to be a very... Double combi? Forget it. <laughs> oven. That's oven, not the car in the, in the kitchen. That would look silly. <laughs> that would look very silly. Yeah. But I think we've all been, you know, as consumers, we've been looking forward to government announcements when... Uh, hospitality venues and cafes and bars, restaurants, pubs can reopen. Yep. But that really is just the start of the battle for a lot of those businesses, as you say. Mm. Um, so trying to work, eke out some sustainability uh, over the next 12 months is going to be a, a huge challenge. And I agree, we're not a huge amount in the federal budget. I think what they're trying to do perhaps is, is just rely on the states to do that. Yeah, but you can't just rely on just no. saying build things and blokes with nail bags, you know, <laughs> constructing things is the way that stuff is going to happen. Mm. And then there's a whole bunch of, you know, women over the age of 30. Yes. You know, there's nothing for them. There's no. nothing for the arts. There's no. nothing for music. I mean, fuck them. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> anyway, you might get that I feel kind of passionate about this. And, and this concludes Eat It's uh, 2020 some, uh, yeah. budget review. Review, thank you. Should we talk about uh, Gippsland? I've, I've got a funny – no, I've got oh, a, okay. I've got something – here we go. From, from, from shade to lightness, um, one of the things that um, we have gotten used to mm. in this – uh, this uh, global pandemic is yes. is calling out for food. Yes, ringing people, getting on the on the the putes. Yep, and doing things. And hopefully, the food is delivered by a ethical, reputable service. Hopefully, that's true. Mm. Um, if you are in New York City, Matt. Yes, and if you happen to uh, to ring Vinny's Pizza Parlor yes. in Brooklyn, yeah, um, you might see something. Uh, there's a new menu item that mm-hmm. is, is on there on the takeaway menu. And uh, sandwiched between a large cheese pizza and the Elot pizza, there's a new category. And that new category is positive reinforcement, Ooh. where you can order a side of comforting words. <laughs> and this is so New York. I just love this. So the menu explains. Yes. For $1, a oh. delivery driver will look you straight in the eyes. And tell you, hey, everything's going to be okay, and you're doing the best you can. Thank you. I've got to go now. You know it's New York because you probably have to pay 16% tax on that $1 when the guy finishes. I just love the idea of some Bronx guy going, <laughs> you're all right. I know Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Hey, it's going to be okay. Oh, you want to get the family together. Okay, I'll do it for everybody. Okay. Hey, kid, you listening? Everything's going to be Okay. And you're doing the best you can. Okay, I got to go. <laughs> More pizza to deliver. Okay. All right. Uh, only in New York. Um, so that was my thing. You yes. wanted to talk about uh, – oh, yes, we will be going to Gippsland. Yes, I thought we should. We Sorry, should we, didn't, we didn't do the preview. I just wanted to after my budget spray. Yes. Uh, and apologies for that. But we will be going to Gippsland where we're going to be talking to Chris Moore. Yes, we haven't spoken to him for a while. Those who listen to the show a bit will have um, heard Chris. He's um, over there in uh, beautiful Orbost mm-hmm. in a land 
far away. It does feel like a land far away because not only can we not go there as Melbourne, obviously regional Victoria in um, not not as strict restrictions as metropolitan Melbourne. So, but we are. We yeah. can hear, we can hear tales of of serving people in person. We we will indeed, and we might find out whether they'd open up the Marlow Pub again. Yes, you know, the cake shop had been closed because some joker had come in and spread a bit of disease around the place. Uh, so yeah, we'll find and we'll find out from Chris what sort of wacky, crazy brews he is doing. Yep, a uh, couple of things I just wanted to mention. There was a couple of highlights uh, that I saw on social media. And this will tie in with when we talk with Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a couple images that have just stuck in my mind. Uh, one is Raymond Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And you notice I've not used a Scottish accent to <laughs> no. say that. I took all my fibre in my being. Raymond Capaldi here, of course, of Wonder Pies. Uh, and, Bef- and then before that, absolute super chef in oh, many, many fantastic Aaron, restaurants. Aaron Grace, yes. Phoenix. Um, the Russian embassy in yes. Moscow. <laughs> he's lived a life, hasn't he's he? He's lived a yeah. life. He has indeed. But he's reimagined the vanilla slice. Oh, right. This is a vanilla slice like no other mm. vanilla slice. If Jeff Kennett had seen this vanilla slice, I don't know what he would have done. Because this was a man, of course, Jeff Kennett, who made the vanilla slice competition. Oh, you don't remember oh, that? I don't remember that, no. How do you remember that? No. No, it was part of his, I don't know, getting into regional Australia, which kind of ended his career and <laughs> thanks to Craig Ingram, but that's no. another story altogether. No. Um, but uh, Raymond Capaldi has this image of this vanilla slice. It's mm. sort of uh, circular for a start, which is kind of weird. That is weird. has this amazing pastry around it, this fondant on top flecked with vanilla seeds. It mm. looks so delicious i have to try one of these things at some stage yes um it is worth looking up uh the other one is um in a beautiful thing of um where surrealism and trompe d'oeil meets food Mm -hmm. um i just wanted to dip my lid to someone who i think has been working so hard to keep his business going and has been producing some beautiful beautiful looking food i speak of joseph fargetto um, from Mr. Bianco in High Street Q. Yes. Dying, can't wait to see his book. His book is coming out soon. But he has done something which is crazy. Now, um, it is crazy. You showed me a little video before the show. I'm like, oh. I'm going to first of all refer back to do you remember back in the day, you used to be able to get um, um, a chocolate fish in a sardine can? Yes. You remember those? And I think that you was, still get them, yes. It was this whole subverted thing where it was just so weird to have a can of sardines and yet they're chocolate. Yes. Um, uh, Joseph has done this thing where he's moulded marzipan to look like olives, like green, green Sicilian olives. Mm. And he's selling these in a jar and they just look like olives. Yes. But the idea is so that he first saw them in Italy and apparently you can get them and you dissolve them into your coffee. So you can say oh. one olive or two in your coffee, which is kind of weird. That is very weird. It is weird. But, uh, yeah, Joey Varghetto, if you want to um, check that out. They look great, though. I must admit. They, they do indeed. And uh, the other thing I wanted to do, Matt, was mm. very, very quickly, what's, what's that, that in, in your, your mouth? mouth? Indeed. Um, I might just very quickly go on um, and just do a, a story, and then you can tell sure. me what's been in your mouth. Uh, what have I cooked this week? Oh, I did a steamboat of death. 
<laughs> well, of course you did. Uh, what's a steamboat of death Woo! for those of us who aren't as well versed in, in culinary history? It's when the Zechuan mix that you put into the steamboat thing is like so butch that you can see through time when, you, when you're eating. It's the thing with Zechuan. Once you put it in, you can't take it out. You cannot take it no. out. Yeah, anyway, I did a, a sort of a packet mix that I got from an Asian grocery. It was, it was okay. It was pretty hot. I can take hot food. Mm. I'd probably prefer to do it fresh next time because there was sort of this acrid aroma that wasn't all that nice. Mm. But it was, it was so hot that I was just sort of swearing softly to myself while I'm eating it, you know. <laughs> wow. Um, but I did make French toast. Yes. The very, very first time. I think if uh, have you had French toast? I have, You're not a I've, French I've toast. Had, I'm not a huge fan of sort of either sweetish things or fat and butter he, and those sorts of things. Said the man who just ate an almond croissant. Well, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I haven't had a piece of French toast in oh, years and years. And what is French toast for those who may not be aware? Well, it's it's got a beautiful French name, pain perdu, mm. which means lost bread, Oh, which I kind of like. It's sort of this existential French thing, you mm. know. You lose the bread, but you resurrect it in the in the egg, and you fry it, and it lives again in your mouth. Uh, but yeah, basically, French toast is getting stale, good bread. Yes, um, um, putting it into an egg wash, so egg with a bit of milk. Yep. Uh, uh, with uh, what? What do you need? You need some vanilla in there, um, just for a little bit of flavour and a little bit of cinnamon too. And mm. you put the bread in a few times till it soaks in all the way. And then into a frying pan with a little bit of butter on medium heat and mm-hmm. cook it through slowly. And then you can put maple syrup on it or whatever syrups you like. I was really thinking it'd be interesting to put a grating of orange, some zest mm. on there. That would be nice. Yes. Maybe even Matt might have some. And I served <laughs> mine with strawberries. Nice. So, yeah, that's been what's uh, that in my mouth. You've been you've been able to take a bit of time recently with food, haven't? Because there's not much else to do, so you can you mm. can indulge hopefully and take a bit more time. I've just moved house, which I don't recommend during a pandemic. So <laughs> we have just retreated to you know how when you you sort of move and everything's everywhere, you don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. You sort of retreat to the recipes that you just know and can smash out. Yes, so we've just and been preferably doing something that gets cooked in an oven too is good. That is true. Yeah. Um, and funny you should mention that because one of my favourite recipes for many, many years, I actually cook it, my, my good lady wife cooks it, is a tomato pasta bake, which is originally a Jamie Oliver recipe. Yes. But it's really simple. It's just you fry up onions and you, you, you get the grilled tins of tomatoes in. I think, I think the trick is um, before you uh, mix it through with the pasta, with yes. the cooked pasta, you, a lot of parmesan in there to give it umami and sort of bulk and cheese. Very, very good. Um, I'll whack the recipe on Twitter so uh, everyone else can play along at home. It's vegetarian, not vegan, but vegetarian friendly. Which Twitter is this? This is Eat It RRR. Oh, our Twitter. Our, yeah, which is sort of our unloved Twitter account. <laughs> yes, it is. I remember that. Occasionally we post, sometimes we read. It's like the poor cousin that gets invited in every really now and then. Is. Come, really come on in. And also, if you want to check out that French toast, you can ah, yes. do uh, Cam Smith Eat It. And then I also, the other highlight of my week was I did uh, Oxtail Ragu and oh. Papardelle. And that was a labour of love that, yeah, it's one Where of those Where do you get Oxtail from in your five kilometre radius? Have you got a butcher you can... Yeah, down Carlisle Street. Right. Um, butcher's Wife, I think it was called. Mm. It had been in the freezer for a while, if I'm really brutally honest. 
but it was good. Anyway, we yeah. love Attica. My, my God, I haven't tried the lasagna yet. I've had it. I'm going to – is it? Is this bad for me to say I've had it a couple of times? Although it's been a long lockdown, right? So that's yeah, my excuse. it's been months. I got the T-shirt. You did get the T-shirt. <laughs> it's an awesome there's, – there's some beautiful artwork. And, in fact, I was just looking in the window at Attica – uh, yesterday around about noon. If you want to pick up stuff, it's from five o'clock. So, and they did deliveries too. So, if yeah. you're now like me outside the five k radius, you can organise some Attica food. But you need to book early. I think it's it's almost like getting a re- reservation in some ways. You've got to mm. got to get on there early. But yes, Attica and obviously plenty of other places around town doing delivery or takeaway food. So, if you've got a favourite restaurant, you haven't checked them out yet. It's worth having a look to see if you can still support them. Indeed, and mm. someone to, who's helping us support hospitality uh, is from Turnip Media, mm. Hilary McNevin. A very, very good afternoon to you, Hills. First of all, Turnip Media. What, what is Turnip Media? Just so we, we get an idea of whom you are. Okay. I, um, I've worked as a freelance food writer for a long time, and Turnip Media started about two years ago. And basically what I oh, – it's still food writing, but on all different platforms. So I work yep. with people who work in hospitality um, businesses, but also with suppliers and wine retailers and all sorts of people to, um, who are as mad as me and love food and wine and hospitality <laughs> as much yeah. as I do. Yeah, And I help them tell their stories and either in- on social media and in content on their websites and help them get out to um, a broader, um, broader audience. And, yeah, I, I, I get to talk like about it. Well, I get to talk about food and wine still all the time, and it's my, as you know, and it is for you too, my great love. And so I'm very lucky. A, and in another world, we used to do a lot of events together where we'd talk to people and. Uh, oh, those days. And, yeah, and show off food. But anyway, <laughs> that's. That, yes, that's, that is something I do miss terribly. Emceeing, you and I have both been very lucky to MC events, moderate mm. discussion panels. I really hope, I, I, I look forward to the day that all comes back, I should say. One I'm day. Sure it will. So um, there was a group, the uh, Open Arms, uh, Melbourne-based creative agency, approached yes. you because they've developed a campaign, well, pretty much to create this a, a little bit of urgency around supporting the Victorian hospitality industry yeah, and be yeah. part of its rebuilding. This is the main thing, isn't it, as restrictions ease? Yeah, so that's what really attracted me to it. The Open Arms are three great women who basically um, set up this business just before lockdowns kicked in. One of the women is married uh, – their offices are above a pub. Yes. The woman like, – Jo Dufina happens to be married to um, – the owner of the pub, the um, Anthony Hammond from Victoria Hotel Footscray. Oh, okay. they, yes. Um, yeah, so they developed uh, with this idea and because they have, I guess they're at the coalface seeing what's going on in the industry. Well, just they, go look downstairs, um, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. And they've, they've, um, they've done a lovely clip that I've just shared today as well, just sort of emphasising the emptiness, I think, of pubs and dining rooms. But they thought – how do we do something that we're not asking people for money, we're not asking people to do anything except take a photo, raise a glass, a cup of tea, glass of water, whatever it might be, every Friday between 6 and 8 p.m. to hospo hour to give a call out to any restaurants you're missing, any restaurants you're hoping to go again or to visit soon, any music venues you love, cafes, whatever it is, because... Well, the girls and, and when they talked to me, I couldn't help but feel the same. are desperately missing the music, eating, drinking culture of Melbourne. It's something that we thrive on well, and it's, we love. It's, that's, and maybe that's the thing that, that got me so riled up at the beginning of the show because one of the things about this town is 
that we review it, or we I regard this as the glorious Prague of the South. <laughs> this is the place where we read, where we go and see shows, where we mm. we we experience culture. It's not just about having uh, bloody thongs on and going and seeing a rugby match. Yes, but you can do that if you want. I know, not that there's anything wrong with that. You know. <laughs> no, my point being is that <laughs> yes. we, we have an awful lot of different – there's different layers, different tiers of offerings True. in Melbourne. Yes. And, but what I love is the, oh, the freezing cold winters and sitting in a pub with a fire and having a pint mm. of stout to sitting out by – down in St Kilda at Donovan's, at the, you know, having just shot doysters. And mm. there's so many different – our four seasons in one day in a year and we can – Melbourne is just, if well, if you love her as much as I do, and everyone I know does, it's mm. she. Mm. She's beautiful, and she's just she's tired, and she's missing us as well. And I just really want people to think, okay, what can I do this Friday? <laughs> I can put a photo of a drink up and tag a few of my favourite places. And and so the social tag that uh, this is sort of the 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 hashtag that binds them all. Um, is uh, is hospo hour, yeah? Yeah, as simple as hospo hour, and then tag some restaurants. Um, you can do it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Yes, but it's um, I I think it's just really important because, as I said to you and Matt earlier, the last mile is the hardest mile, and I feel like we're in that. I oh. also feel like everyone is just getting. We're beyond exhausted now and people mm. are getting dismayed. So anything we can do to rally enthusiasm and rally connection and support. I'm there, mate. I'm there. I can I can hear it in your voice. Oh, uh, thanks. Oh, no, it's very sincere. I, oh, I, it's breaking, breaking my heart. I know it's, it's breaking yours too. Don't, yeah, don't worry. We're, we are all in the same boat. And I was just thinking, mm. this is just me thinking out aloud, that um, there'll probably be some great photos that get done and who knows maybe when – we're allowed to go out, we're allowed to congregate and be together. Maybe it might make a very, very interesting exhibition in a year's time or so. What a beautiful idea. I will put that to the open arms because, gosh, they, they're embracing Melbourne at the moment. I think yeah. it's beautiful. But wouldn't it be player. great to be at the other side of this where we look back now and go, God, remember when we did that? Remember, yeah, remember, how remember we when you everyone. talked about, wow, I need to go and wash my masks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for instance. So, um, yeah, that, look, this this pretty much says it. So it's started by Open Arms, as we said. Yes. It's called Hospo Hour. It's kicked yes. off on Friday, the October the 9th, so it's already yeah. uh, done. It repeats every Friday from 6 till That's 8 it. p.m. as businesses yeah. get going. And the idea is that it's to take a picture of and, and remember the things we long for. And also let people and let those people who have created those great memories know that you want more. Okay, you so you we, want to create more of them. You, we're, yeah. we're really tapping into, I think, I don't know a restaurateur at the moment and your and my work camera means we know a lot of them who aren't yes. just really keen to, desperate to just serve people again and have that buzz in their rooms and the, the hiss oh, of the kitchen going. God, and, you yeah. know, they're just, everyone really wants that. And if we can somehow just, I, I, I think this is a way of slowly but surely letting, letting them know. And then when we all move forward and we want everyone to start booking and maybe put a – when you create a book, when we can book and go to restaurants, tag again, let them know that you're coming, let them know, let's just fill up Melbourne and use Hospo Hour as one of the, um, I guess, the accelerators to do that. Yeah. Keep the conversations going. Yes, absolutely. Um there are so many places and and things that I just long for so much. What are you uh, missing most? 
at the moment. Oh God! Yeah, from as as you said, like I would love to, um, you know, in a perfect world, uh, go just go and hang out for a um, a, a Saturday afternoon at Gerald's Bar. Yes, <laughs> you know, and and maybe it watch a Saturday night and watch yes, Harden exactly. come in and demand a drink. You know, as he as is his want. Um, yes. uh, Donovan's on the beach, as you said, but even just a, a cannoli and a and a and an espresso at at Brunetti's in the city. You know, yes, that yes. space um, to uh, uh, sit at the arbor. Yeah, <laughs> sit at the arbor and just look at the river and and watch all oh, that go by. Um, I'll be lucky. Really? Not, that's but this is yeah this is it. So um, to all the hospo warriors out there who and what, oh that sounds clumsy doesn't it? Let me rephrase that because to all the people that have been working so hard and keep getting up every day um, to keep their businesses afloat, you know, like mm. uh, Ben Shuri who chopped up his dining room tables to make shelves for um, for the shop next door. Yeah. They've all worked so hard and they still Ooh. remained working so hard. And then this is just the beginning of the mountain, if you exactly. think about it. This is We've the got beginning. to conquer next, yeah. And the whole transitioning to opening again and what that means. And, and you can't, as you considered. said to me before, Hillary, you can't just turn on the tap. Yeah, no. th- this takes so much planning and. Yep. Um, yes, and I think, as I also said to you, Cam, I do get frustrated that people who don't work in hospitality or understand hospitality seem to think it can just turn on and off like a tap and it just can't. It needs, a lot, I think, a lot more respect than, and, and understanding. I feel sometimes that's lacking just in terms of timing and giving restaurants and all businesses time, time to prepare. And dare I say it, if I can just put it again, uh, ongoing federal government support. Yes, yeah. that's another. Com- happy to yes. come back and talk about that another day. <laughs> that's right. I've already. I've had my spray. with me, and I won't shut up. So yeah. don't stop that. Uh, don't, don't encourage me with that one. Okay, uh, we, um, <laughs> we've we've got a couple minutes um, before we uh, we go to Gippsland. Oh, hooray for Gippsland! <laughs> We're going to Gippy. Hooray! I can't, can't wait. Can't wait yeah, to get can't the wait. car and go out to Gippy, mate. Oh, really? I'd love to go that's to Gippy, it. but um, we will. Tell me, um, what uh-huh. have you, what have you been cooking? What's been uh, what's been in your oven? Oh. What's been on your plate? What's been on well, the stove? Lots, but lots of cooking here, and because I always love cooking anyway. You know, the other day I made a recipe. It was chicken. Um, I, I, I got a, I, near Donati's so in Carlton, so I got a chook from the boys there, and um, I marinated it in buttermilk and a little yeah. bit of honey and peppercorns. How's Leo? Rosemary. Sorry. He's can great. I, how's great. Le- he and Marcello are rocking. Can they're, you say hi to Leo? Well. I miss I him. Sorry, will. anyway, you just lost me. So what did you You got no, chicken? No. Chicken and marinated in buttermilk and rosemary, peppercorn, some honey, um, and broke the chicken, like split it and put it in the fridge overnight and marinated in this beautiful kind wow. of slightly acidic, creamy mix that, Turned into this wonderfully oh, blistered the skin beautifully and was very tender, like brined meat. That was. I'll send you the recipe. Yep. Well, I found it on New York Times would that, website. Would so, that be okay. in your Instagramming? It might be today because I only took a photo it? of it what's the your, other day. What's, what's your Instagram? As we, <laughs> you're very kind, Hillary, Hillary McNevin, H A L A R Y. There you go. We can find out the glory of buttermilk and chicken. Oh, it was delicious. And also, as you know, my kids are half Italian, so we have. Most Sunday afternoon today, later today, I'll have a bolognese on the stove for a few hours to get the weekend going because that's always good for school lunches and 
And you can yeah, make a jaffle. Hungry teenagers and jaffles and everything. Do, just like so, they do at Arlequin. This is another one I miss. Anyway. Oh, yes. So we'll much we miss. And it will come back one day. Who knows? Hillary from Turnip it Media. Will. It's a joy to speak with you. It is called a Hospo Hour. If people want to look it up, where do we just put a Hospo Hour in the It's literally hospohour.com and also Hospo Hour on Instagram and Facebook. We head east. We go down the Princess Highway, through Warrigal, through the, 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 the valley of Latrobeness until we reach the beautiful coast and down there and glorious downtown Orbost, we speak to Chris Moore, who's inhabiting an old butter factory where, amongst other beautiful things he does with his life, he makes interesting beer. Chris Moore, good afternoon. Hi, Cam. Hi, Matt. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. How are you going? Uh, another day. <laughs> another, day. <laughs> another day in lockdown. It's same as yesterday was. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of the Groundhog Day, but I'm resorting to cliche, and Matt's going to come into the studio, and he's already doing it, slapping my wrist. Um, but no, <laughs> uh, the, the correct answer is, yeah, fine. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, but we uh, we miss you. One of the things I I do is uh, I live in Caulfield now, uh, near railway line, and I see the train that goes down to Gippsland, and um, yeah. and it's uh, it's empty <laughs> most of the time, and uh, it fills me with great sadness. First of all, that it's empty, and secondly, that I'm not on it to yeah. go down and. You know, hang out in Painesville, maybe eat out at Sardine, which I still haven't got around to doing. Um, it's and, amazing. And, uh, and hang out with you guys um, down yes, there. We, and, miss, we miss you, Cam. Oh, clockwise. Well, well right back at you. And uh, you were telling me uh, you've been busier than a Beirut brickie. Well, actually, you didn't actually say that to me, but you did say that uh, uh, Adam, your, uh, the brewer, has uh, has jumped ship and headed to the... To Sin City. Yes, we're going to miss Adam a lot. I don't know how we're going to <clears throat> do it without him. Mm. Um, he's been a really integral part of the brewing team here. So, yes, he'll be very missed. Oh, well, actually, maybe, well, this will, well, maybe it was a community service announcement and a bit of a help to you. You could say, if you are a brewer and you want to live in the country and, uh, <laughs> and help out, are you looking for a new one? Are you going to replace him or what are you doing? Well, at the moment, I'm kind of enjoying the excuse of staying away from the computer and doing all the brewing myself. Um, <laughs> how long I can string that out before everything implodes, I don't oh, know. Or before Gabby works it out and goes, right. <laughs> Hi to Gabby, Help. to your wife, yes. Um, so you've liberated yourself from the computer screen and you're on the, um, oh, the rather um, um, how do I put this? Well, I was going to say, it, I had a look at your brewing situation there, and it looks fairly sophisticated and fairly complicated, to be honest with you. It looks like that, but really, it's not rocket science. Brewing is a very ancient and, um, in a lot of ways, very easy thing to do. And what you do with it, of course, is, is, is very open, but the basics are not that hard. It's not rocket surgery. No, no <laughs> it's but, not rocket surgery. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's basically warm up the wart. <laughs> Stop warming up the wart. <laughs> but, uh, but it's what you put into that wart which um, um, first brought you to my attention because 
uh, one of the things that was so interesting about what you guys do, you and Gabby, um, is the fact that uh, as well as uh, Bruin guys, you're also very, very keen foragers and um, I would actually put you as alchemists of flavour and taste. <laughs> Thank you, Cam. No, I mean it. The, the, like, for instance, what, what, what are you working on? Tell us some of the, the seasonal beers that you have on at the moment. We've just to get about to release another one of, I think it's my favourite beer, is the collaboration we do regularly with the fermentary out of Dalesford using um, sake leaves that they source from Japan. Mm. Um, that one's been in the tank kind of ticking along for a few months because it's a, that's the only source of fermentation we use is that um, sake leaves. That's Sharon the Flynn? Sake making. Sharon? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Sharon. I haven't she's seen legend. her for a while. Yes, she's awesome. So you get the sake leaves, and what are you, what are you mixing that with? Well, we've got uh, persimmons or persimmons, depending on how you say it, from um, Hazeldean Farm in Gippsland. An amazing wow. uh, biodynamic farm out there, actually. So, um, which yeah, sort of, that's one of my favourite bits. Which sort of persimmon is that? Is that the the because um, you can get squashy ones, and then you get the ones yep. that always stay crisp. No, this is a squashy one. Definitely very squashy. Yeah, and the squashy ones once they get really ripe, it's you get some good sugars out of that, don't you? Mm, yeah, beautiful flavour. It's quite subtle in a lot of ways. Yes. really blends well with that umami, sour character that the sake leaves comes, comes with. You know, it's a, real, it's a real food beer. How'd you work that out? How'd you go, mm, oh, it's sort of Japanese isn't it, persimmon? Yeah, it was, um, it was Sharon's fault, actually. She just said, can you make a beer with this? And we said, yep. Yeah, sure. Give me the really leaves. Cool. <laughs> just shovel the leaves in that bucket and we will add persimmons to it. And what do you reckon? It works well? It's fantastic, yeah. We're also working on a beer with abalone um, as well, but I can't kind of go into the details of that one completely. It's not worked out. Yes. Um, but um, you know, Cam, I think the Gabs family are some of the first um, license holders of wild abalone diving down in this area, so we've always wanted to do an abalone beer. And I think we've had Joe, our um, amazing artist, when he came and stayed with us four years ago or more before we opened, hmm. um, we got him to draw a label for it, but it's taken oh, this long really? to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a label waiting for the beer to be created. Yeah. Oh, we, we knew we'd do something with Avalone, but yes. That's that's cut before horse, but it's glorious in that it sort of yeah. inspires. But you did it, yeah, I remember you did an awesome, um, what was that, the Oyster Stout? Mm, the Oyster Stout, yeah, we do that. Every year now, it's one of again one of my favourite beers. Smoky, oh, that is awesome. Um, Feline, uh, yeah, really, really yummy roasty beer. Yeah, um, can we get your beer now? Where, where is it? Because I, I miss <laughs> Probably it. Probably <laughs> a good bet if you want to try all our beers would be mm. places like Black Hearts and Sparrows. Yeah, Audacious Monk is another fantastic uh, place that. Stocks everything we make. Where's, um, where's Audacious Monk? It's kind of uh, near Reservoir. Okay. Yep. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, all good independent bottle shops. Not pubs at the moment. I'm really feeling for our brothers and sisters in Melbourne at the moment. It's 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 a little bit easier out here in the country that we don't have the restrictions you guys do, and the pubs are open. And um, mm. yes, yeah, so my heart is really going out mm. to you guys at the moment. Yes, we know. Do they, is the Marlowe Pub reopened? Yep, the Marlowe Pub has reopened. Limited numbers, but yeah. yep, it is open. It's great. And, and, <laughs> and you can still get that great, that tower suite, which uh, 
I really want to stay at the Marlow Pub. Oh, yeah. Um, the captain's room. The captain's that's room, that's it. Um, and, and also, last time that we spoke, uh, there was some nongers that came through and caused, um, I think it was the bakery to close down. Was that right? Oh, they caused everything, really, to shut for a few days. And the, yeah. the regional tourists, because we still have regional tourism, or we did at that point, yeah. to everybody to flee the town. Yes, nongers is the best word for those guys. Yeah, it's but, yeah. Or, yeah, good on your knackers. Um, so, uh, yeah. so that's sort of the thing is that even it's such a double-edged sword and that the regions really are crying out for people to come, but mm. not if you're going to infect everybody and cause everything I, to close down again. It's, it's a weird tightrope, isn't it? It is. I actually find that's a really interesting topic. You're exactly right, and I think... Um, everybody here is very hopefully, but um, looking forward to a massive summer of yeah. um, local tourism. Yes. But it is, you're right, there is this kind of byproduct of almost xenophobia, the fear of the outside. Yes, it's um, come here, come here, come here, go away, go away, go away, sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, it's not, it's not the nicest byproduct, but I'm sure no. we'll. we'll um, Push through that. Well, fear and see people again. I think fear and xenophobia are never really good cousins to have close around, are they? No, and 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 that is the thing. So, but uh, uh, the rest of your area is open, I guess. And well, yeah, you've got freedom of movement, so you don't have to worry about five kilometre zones. No, none of that. No, we've still sort of limited to group sizes, and um, but yeah, there's 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 a little bit of regional tourism already trickling through, um, which yes. is great. Well, yeah, we just um, and and things are opening across the state because um, Dan Hunter has just reopened break. G'day, Dan, if you're listening, and all the oh, all the crew in the kitchen there. Um, hope yeah, you're all well. Good. Sending lots of love from uh, Lucked Up City to uh, to that. <laughs> And uh, and yet the restaurants around your area are open and happening. Yes, uh, most of them are, have opened up again. Some of them are kind of still relishing their um, <laughs> sort of takeaway status and, mm. and staying staying in that vein. But yeah, everything seems to be opening up again. And th- yeah, and thus it will be for for quite a while. Well, listen, yeah. mate. Uh, I hope one of these days to be on that train coming down your way to the Great East. Um, yes. But in the meantime, I want to come back to Melbourne. Yeah, I bet you do. Well, in the meantime, uh, yeah. keep your brews true, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I can't wait to try that uh, that persimmon sour. That sounds great, sake lees and persimmon. Yeah. Yum! Yeah. I love that beer. All right, well, love to you and all the family. We'll speak soon Thanks. and see each other soon. I hope. Thanks, Cam. See you, Cam. See you, Matt. <laughs> Chris Moore, Sailor's Grave Brewing. Sailor's Grave Beer. Maybe yeah. Google it if you don't have a good bottle shop in your 5K radius just and, to check it out. Yeah, and we speak about art. If you want to see some good art. Ah, yes. <laughs> have, have a the look at The labels on the can. Oh, they're just awesome. <laughs> Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.